bonus episode time, bungalowers. <laughs> We're sitting here with Giovanni Fernandez from National Real Estate. And uh, he's a shaper. He's a doer. He's yeah. making things happen. Giovanni, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate that. I don't know if I appreciate the creepy voice that you started that <laughs> off with. <laughs> uh, all I felt was judgment there. I thought this was a safe space we were trying to establish, but you've already ruined everything. Uh, we're sitting in Claddock Cottage in the heart of the Hourglass District over at Bumby and Curry Ford. And, and it's important because, Giovanni, you're kind of like reshaping this whole swath of the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, you know, I, I, it's interesting a lot of times people ask me a lot of questions and yeah you know myself and Elise were the face of the hourglass district and, and definitely shaping it um, but a lot of credit goes to a lot of the local businesses that really believed in what we wanted to shape here um, and and new businesses and old businesses it's funny we're sitting inside the Clotta Cottage and Clotta Cottage has been a part of Orlando forever and it's just a really cool mixture in the Hourglass District of businesses that are kind of small to medium, like a Foxtel Coffee that's really trying to grow. Um, Clotted Cottage has been around forever and just needed a new home. Um, and then, you know, someone who's really been hot out in the market right now, like Lakai Patisserie, who's never had a business at all that we right. had to kind of walk them through the whole process of building out their store and talking about their business model and the operations and um, some really neat collaborations and, and so, more to come. So under your banner, the National Real Estate, you, you've been purchasing historic buildings and groups of buildings uh, and then renovating them and then finding really cool partners, just like what you're listing off just there. Why is that so special, do you think? why We don't see that very often. You know, one of the things that I learned... Um, after falling on my face a bunch in business when I was younger, because I think that's how you, you, you get to some success, is that if you really want to get out there and start to see some progress, um, you, you do that through good business partnerships. It's very difficult to go out there and be successful on your own. You can only find so much success doing it that way. I think collaboration is really the key, and I think that's what makes Orlando one of these great cities where everybody really wants to collaborate and everybody wants to see you succeed. Sure. Um, of course, everyone's going to judge you in that process, <laughs> like I just did you in, in the opening here. I, I can take it. But I think that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. It's being judged. And yeah, then, being and judged and... Um, you know, I think it keeps I, you on your toes. Right? I, I couldn't agree more. And I think a lot of people take that feedback. They get angry. They get upset. You know, we've never uh, lashed back or commented at anybody's comment because most of the time people are right. You know, and there's some there's some piece of everything that you can take and you can make improvements about. Um, or it's an opportunity for you to better explain what you're trying to do and, and why that thought process happened um, and, and the direction, why it's best I'll for I'll tell you city. right now, that's probably, I, I will, it'll be a cold day in hell when I hear that again from a developer, right? Because essentially <laughs> you're a developer, but what right. a humble way to come at it from in the sense. And I think it goes back to like your very family focused way of doing business because you're working with Elise, like your better half, yeah, right? Who's absolutely. really just killing it. Uh, you have two boys and they're with you all the time, like literally planting things when you're redoing your medians. Sure. And like, I think that comes through. Is it, were your family, yeah. like, were your parents entrepreneurs? 
Is that where it comes from? They they really were, and um, you know, I just want to back up for a second. Okay, you know, I don't share uh, Elise with a lot of people because unfortunately, they end up liking her more than they like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. She is the the real definition of of humble, very um, you know, very even keeled of, of personality. Um, she she's gonna support you. She's gonna have good feedback. She's not just gonna fill the air with just things to just hear herself uh, like I do. Right, <laughs> I, <laughs> I was. I would never say that in front of you. No, but what? I. I think that that is. You're right. That's why we love working together. Is I can very much be a roller coaster. Um, you know, there was a famous coach uh, that I watched make a, a speech the other day that just talked about. You know, a great day is one where you go through all the emotions. Right, you're laughing, you're crying, you're screaming, you're you know you're you're you're, you're jumping around. It's an Italian thing. To yeah, say. you know yeah, it's. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> I like feeling all the emotions. I, I like pushing other people around me to their limits emotionally so that they can grow and, and, and expand. And I think that that's what we are doing with our family. That's what we are doing with Junior and Otto is we are pushing them because, um, you know, they could grow up essentially, you know, my fear would be that they would be a couple of privileged kids that, right. you know, kind of just – don't know the other side of, uh, of, of this world. Hard work. Yeah. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, Elise comes from, you know, humble beginnings. So do I. Um, we were taught to work hard. Um, I think that they're going to learn that through example. Do so. you think that comes through in your selection of tenants? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, generally, if someone's buying up or doing something on this scale, you'd see them looking for a proven anchor tenant, right? Like that's, that's the recipe we're all told. You, you found a you find a target or someone to yep. move in and, and call it a, and then you build out around it. Yeah. And maybe I'm you'll Mr. find investor. Someone. I'm buying a, a, a cap rate investment. It's going to make me a certain return. It's either a class a, B, C or D and I can get a national tenant, a regional tenant or a local tenant. And I'm going to charge X amount of dollars. Right. Um, that's just not at all our equation. Our equation is how do we take something how do we reposition something? And then uh, how do we listen to the feedback, like you mentioned, from the community? And then there is a soft spot uh, in us because we kind of started off you know, our business 20 years ago on our own uh, through the grind. Every time we see a local business and we want to give them a shot, we want to give them an opportunity, we want to coach them through uh, how to be successful. That being said, though, you're not picking just like willy-nilly uh, haphazard tenants you're also picking people who have been uh, through it locally right so we've got Fox Hill which is an established and expanding brand uh, I always forget the Chamali and Co right right they're killing it absolutely one of the most popular food truck spaces I think this was their second retail space that they opened. you know they uh, yeah they had a, a small kind of temporary uh, pop-up space that they were doing some stuff out knowing that this was gonna be their true yeah. brick oh, and, and mortar um, yeah okay uh, you know, going along with what you're what you're saying, Hourglass Brewing, it's about to open here on July 3rd. Killer. Um, they're an established business. And I think that there is a, a mixture there of established businesses together with um, incubator businesses where they're, they're trying to get up and going. Our incub That's interesting you say incubator businesses. Is that something that you're looking at all the time or, or things that you can be investing in and then helping yeah, like a shark yeah, and kind I, of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a, a a couple of the businesses that are part of the Hourglass District that very much started in this way. 
Um, like Lucky Patisserie, right? So yeah, she, that's yeah. A, an ex-Disney chef who uh, was it, she went there to learn, worked with her dad for, I think, she Absolutely. said five, six years when we wrote about her, and then came out with this great, her product is awesome. And it's very and you know what? selfie-centric. Let's, let's go back to a few minutes ago. I was talking about you know what I learned in business was partnerships, good partnerships and collaboration is the key to success. Even though a foxtail, um, actually most people don't know this, we, we were actually their true, I think, third location. They have a handful more now, but uh, I think we were like the third lease that they had signed. And I may be wrong, it might be the fourth one, but... Um, you know, there were pieces of their business that we still collaborated on to help them grow. Um, a great example also is Tamale Company, although had it really figured out from a product perspective and in the food truck world, there is a, another element to actually opening a, a brick and mortar, uh, a build out piece of it. There's like finances, uh, you know, as part of it. Um, how many people really know how to build a, a kitchen and, and work with architects and work with, you know, designers and, and work through the, the calculations of, of how right. many seats going to go into a certain am amount of And spot. then how to translate that for the city so that they could get so they're not stuck in permitting hell for. Yeah. So, again, year. all all of these things become successful because you have good partnerships. Um, you know, good business relationships. And I think that that's really what we've been able to accomplish. Um, and I think that that's what you're really going to see happen here. Um, uh, I'll kind of, I'll release it, you know, here today. I'll, 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 oh. you, know, I, uh, you know, we haven't talked much about this at all. You probably won't be able to read it anywhere. Um, a lot of people don't know this. My best friend, uh, Charles Bruck, uh, created the Armature Works in Tampa, Florida. Uh -huh. The Armature Works is like a 50-acre uh, development with a large food hall on the water there in South Tampa. Everybody takes pictures there. Um, probably one of the coolest food halls across the United States. Um, so Chaz and I were roommates in college. Uh, when I bought my first house in college, he was my first roommate. Um, and that's how I met Chaz. I got you drunk once and you told me this and I've been sitting on it ever since. <laughs> and so I'm so glad you're talking about it out loud. So what's he doing? He's coming to Orlando. So Chaz, myself and Elise um, have decided that uh, we want to take one of his restaurant concepts, and it'll be a new concept for the Hourglass District. district sorry, but um, you know he's going to be very much involved in this last block, uh, and and what that brings to the table is it just brings history, excitement, friendship. Uh, Chaz and I work great together. Um, the collaboration that's going to happen there is going to be one that's going to bring a lot of energy and and excitement to the block because we like to throw parties. I mean, that's what we did is uh, we went out there, we, we'd get social, we, we, we'd throw on events, uh, and that's what's going to happen here. I'm excited to see that side of you because we haven't seen like the public-facing programming side of what you guys have to offer. And, and hanging, having hung out with you both, I, I know that it's going to be good, <laughs> but I'm like ready to see it. So it'll be exciting to see what you guys come up with for that corner. Do you want to touch a little bit on some of the other projects that are coming down the line here in Hourglass? We could touch on Milk District later, but uh, you're doing something with a car wash. Yeah. So, uh, and actually Chaz is going to be involved in that piece as you well. You keep talking. I'm going to drink more of my Guinness. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I want people to really get excited about the, the uh, what will complete the block here at the hourglass district, the commercial side of it, because it's going to be what we had really envisioned uh, in bringing the community together with outdoor space, with outdoor games, with a family environment, um, with uh, live music, um, with 
good retail in addition to good food. Um, there's probably going to be some liquor there, some outdoor bars, some indoor bars. Really bring the, uh, the, the, the level of this community to a higher standard. Um, one that we've traveled the country for, actually. Um, talking a little bit about the concept that's going to go where the old Tony's Auto was. And I'll share this. Uh, gosh, I'm not even sure if I should share this yet, but you I'm going to do it. No pressure. I'm, I'm going to do it a little All bit right. because I like you, Brendan. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Chaz actually traveled the country um, looking at different uh, concepts that we wanted to put in this corner. So um, this is something that wasn't just, oh, we, we think we're going to do this. This is a lot of research. Uh, also, we're taking into consideration, not a lot of people know that that, bu that building on the corner originally when it was built, was called Mott's Grocery. And Mott's Grocery was a family-owned business, and then eventually it became, you know, Tony's Auto and et cetera. But we're going to do a throwback to that old yes. name. Um, we're going to do a, you know, a throwback. To, yeah, yeah. M-O-T-T-S. Okay. Um, and so uh, I think it's going to be really neat for us to kind of appreciate the old around here and i think a lot of people as part of the community that live here the residents they're going to appreciate that that's the kind of community we've we're seen in. that we've seen that happen successfully with things like what the mawardi boys are doing with celine and uh the robinson room and master social gathering right. now their new upcoming hotel are like these nods to the history but then like turning it up a little bit so it's not just a dusty old grandma version but like make it relevant yeah that's exciting yeah, I think it is. I think it's, you know, true urban edge redevelopment. And um, I think that it's a way to appreciate your, your history and at the same time um, bring it to 2019, 2020. Can we touch on that again? Sorry, and not that it's a good tangent, but like you just called it urban edge development, right? So like yeah. these semi-urban, peri-urban, like extra what are they extra suburbs just an almost suburb i mean you are you are the bungalower right i mean you know when when, when you talk about the urban edge mm -hmm. so you know where we literally do you expanded our coverage area to include this when we knew what you were starting to do we expanded our coverage area to include the hourglass district so now we're like we're like on the urban urban yeah. edge <laughs> yeah <laughs> we cover downtown historic bungalow neighborhoods and for whatever reason this just wasn't in there but the minute that you started remaking this like retail strip and like a node a developmental community hub uh it made it relevant for us to be able to come over and talk about it that's a whole nother tangent right i mean right. when we talk about the residential neighborhoods around the hourglass district they didn't really have any identity um or one that was well known and so when you're trying to cover you know areas i mean what do you even really call some of these neighborhoods right. around here they are kind of just <laughs> pockets townhouse development just up the street and they were starting to call it uh kaylee park i think they called it right and when we used that term just like haphazardly we were shut down by people who lived here it's not what you call it there's no name don't worry about it continue yeah. on with your day and it's interesting because they've really embraced the hourglass district around here and i think that they've embraced it because we haven't really been aggressive about labeling uh you know and we've taken something that was existing here again like the hourglass lake and really uh, try to well, represent there's an interesting way that you guys came about it and in a way that maybe isn't as top down I see the main streets do. We don't have to talk about main streets, but I think that there's a, a way that is a little bit, I, ha I don't want to say organic because it's still being made by, right, a group versus the community, but I think you did it in a way that you looked at what was here. Sure. 
Hourglass Park was already here, and it just kind of didn't yeah, I mean, seem I, foreign. I, I would be okay with saying organic because we may be you, – you always – when you have a team, you, you're going to have a team captain. You're going to have a leader. So maybe we're just the team captains, right? But we're okay with having a team, and we're okay with the community being a player on, on the team, right? Yeah, no, and that makes so sense. We, we – Again, we want the community to grow the Hourglass District. We want them to step up and say, hey, I live in the Hourglass District. I don't want to go to their house, knock on their door, and say, hey, guess what? You are the Hourglass District. That is kind of ridiculous. <clears throat> no, it's also a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we were asked to start to call our area something, and we were just you know, looking at around at some you know, large... Uh, you know, recognizable things around here, and we were on a map, and we saw the Hourglass Lake, and that's why you know we said, "Hey, let's call it the Hourglass District." This is this is where we are. Full circle. And then, how long ago was that when you started that process? Five years? No. Yeah, it was about five years ago, four and a half years ago that we started. And a lot of people don't know, you know, the amount of crime that was here, or the, um, the I mean, unless you lived here, of course. I've but seen that in a previous interview with you. What do you? I I didn't know that. Was it really that bad? Uh, it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, I shared one time in a, in a uh, in a meeting uh, at a podium uh, trying to get a variance. It was talking about the neighborhood directly to the north of Claude Cottage where we're sitting right now, and it's just a little pocket neighborhood. And we obviously had interest in assembling the real estate around this area, so we've slowly bought some of these residential homes back here. In that process, you get to know the neighbors and the mm -hmm. neighborhood. Um, and I, I kid you not, by myself, four or five years ago, I knock on a door and every single door in this particular neighborhood that I knock on was either somebody that was on drugs, somebody that literally pulled a shotgun or a weapon on me. Um, and, and it was a little scary, um, you know, because you start to ask yourself, wait, like I, I have a wife, I have two kids, I'm a real estate investor. Okay. Um, you know, I'd like to, I, I'd like to buy this property, but I, I don't want to die doing it. <laughs> um, so we, we, we definitely saw pieces and parts of that. Um, but, um, but fast forward, I think that um, uh, we've been able to, together with some of the, uh, the sheriffs here in the county, some of the community leaders um, here in the county, uh, begin to create an environment where the, you know people like that that are on drugs or walking around or theft or having you know guns or violence, you know they they know it's not a, a, an environment for them anymore, and so they they choose something different. Full circle. Then five years later, you're having an hourglass brewing coming to from Longwood to be here in the community to open up their second brewery ever. Just happened, right? It's happening this week. Seems seems like a pretty good thing. Good stamp of approval. If there's someone who already had the name Hourglass looking to ally themselves with the brand that you've set up. I'll tell you what gets me every time, Brendan. Every, there's two things. One always happens to me. The day that we open a new business, I always think back. It almost puts me in tears. I always think back to the original moment that I was in the property when I bought it, how we negotiated it, who was the seller, what it looked like, what the condition was in the area, and what a difference we've actually made. And most people aren't going to notice that, and they're not going to see it through our through our lens because you know they didn't they they didn't live you know from the beginning from the before and after pictures. But I I remember that every single time every business opens up, and it just makes us so proud to be a part of that. Um, it makes us feel like we've really actually made a change in the community. So that's that's one thing that always happens to me. And the other thing is. 
every time I see a young lady, a young man, you know, a family with kids walking or running down Bumby to get here on Curry Ford and Bumby or running or walking or exercising or biking along Curry Ford. Are you kidding me? There was like gang violence and drugs being sold on this corner. I have pictures of it and I, I would sit here and I'd make friends with, you know, all, sure. all, all of, you know, the, the existing here. It's it's been such a change, um, and I'm I'm happy we've been able to be a part of it. Where do you see it in ten years? You know, I really think that um, urban edge development here needs to cater to the young professionals. I think that's the direction of Orlando. I think that Orlando wants to grow in that sector, and I think that we need to provide the kind of commercial and 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 work uh, environment, but more so it's going to be our job to provide the urban housing that they want to live in. So I think it's a tier idea where you're going to have your commercial, but then you're going to have, you know, tiering, you know, if you, if you think like tiering down, use, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going to have a very much a, a commercial mixed use condo kind of environment where it's walkable, um, and then I think that will tear down into uh, your traditional townhouse and then eventually into your bungalow neighborhood. And I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, Where's process. Of, of right? That's like, it's called transect in that city yeah, planning thing at, from yeah. high to low. And, yeah. and I think that that's, that's what needs to happen in these urban edge communities of Orlando. You know, the, the, the large developers of the world – do and are going to do what large developers do, which is they're going to build all the large developments and high rises that you're seeing happen in Orlando in the, in the real, in the very downtown port parts. Right. And that's important. That needs to happen. Um, but not everybody's going to want to live in that very downtown community. They're going to want to live right on the surface. There's edge. a way to do it too, where it fits the community too. And it's not something that just sticks out. Like say, uh, like the yard is a really interesting mixed use development, but, but man, do you notice it if you're driving through Ivanhoe village? Yeah. Right. There's no, there's no gradation. It just goes from like, it, it pops nine, 10 stories to one. <laughs> and, and will, will Orlando become desensitized to more projects like that? And, uh, and and what kind of a, what kind of an environment will, will, will we be creating here? And um, is it going to be a positive thing? Um, and are people going to look at it uh, like a positive thing? And I think that's what we should all keep in mind: is uh, a lot of the development is happening uh, for good reasons. And I think that if we uh, give good feedback and embrace it and and, and be open minded through the process, we're going to become. Uh, uh, actually, I don't even want to say we're going to become. You know, we are a great city, and I think that we're going to just become an even more diverse city, and we're going to continue to grow in the way that we have grown over the last 10, 15 years. I don't know if you know this, but in the last 15 years, we've doubled our population. Yeah, we're, we getting, you know, we're getting 1,500 people a week. So, so how do you continue to drive that growth? And not only that, but uh, you know, how do you drive the economic basis of Orlando and I think that good local businesses paying good wages is the best way to really create a strong foundation economically for Orlando. If we can get the kind of traffic and the kind of development happening for businesses like a tamale company, like a Lakai, uh, like the restaurant that, that Chaz, myself, and Elise are, are going to be uh, opening up here and, and the car wash retail, if all of those businesses are doing so well that they can then – 
you know pay sure. the rest of the people. I'll flip uh, it on you them. though a little bit in the sense that uh, yes, uh, higher wages of course, but this area is kind of known for being one of the, like the last bastions of affordable housing. Uh, not not like top down affordable housing, but just housing that you can afford. Um, do you see different mixed use or mixed housing options in that future? Do I see it? Not to know, paint you in a corner. No, no, no. I, I get it. I, I think that um, just because you grow business and you pay people more money doesn't necessarily mean that housing prices have to go up. Um, inevitably, you know, and I don't know if this is the right way to answer. I didn't think through this response. Sure. But, but what like I would you as the developer, you're going to be developing some of these key these properties, sure. right? So you're going to be in control of what those uh, housing options look like. So it's it's just something to think about as you move forward. I can agree more. And, and look, at the end of the day, every developer, every every piece of property that gets developed has to make dollar sense to develop. And there's so many creative ways to do that. So who's going to step up and do that in a creative fashion um, so that we can have both development happen and affordability. Are you seeing uh, interest around the property that you're developing and branding and, and working so hard on? Are you seeing people, other people trying to shoulder in on the action? We've definitely seen that happen a lot in the Milk District, and we may touch on the Milk District a little bit more here in our development there um, in a minute, but I've, I've definitely seen that happen. Um, I absolutely am seeing it happen a lot in the residential community around uh, the Hourglass District in the way of people um, building new new properties um, and then remodeling some of the older bungalow uh, properties. Um, I think that there are um, there are still a lot of opportunities to attach yourself to our hourglass development in the way of commercial repositioning, in the way of townhouse developments, in the way of um, even apartments and, and housing. Um, you know. I don't know if this is the right way to answer some of the affordable housing, but you know what I think is interesting is in many cities, um, there are a lot of urban edge, cool condo, work, live, play style apartments slash condos. I don't see a lot of that in the urban edge area. And so can't you produce something that is still affordable and then fun uh, for yeah, hopefully, uh, and the, hopefully the you can, and that's and that I guess maybe it was maybe in my phrasing, but can you, oh, Giovanni, can produce that? You know, well, if anybody can, it's going to be Elise, my wife. All right, um, well, let's see. She's it. pretty much good at everything, like I said. I will yeah. issue you that challenge because I think like what a great if you can do that, I think that uh, will only benefit not only hourglass and the people who are already living here and helping them to stay but then also yeah. orlando as a whole because our healthier our districts as we become more like boroughized spaces just like what you see in new york yeah. uh people you're seeing it now people who are living here we're getting services and things that are keeping us in those boroughs and keeping us in those districts and you don't have to necessarily go in between and you know so i think in thin in sitting here thinking about this i want to kind of pose something in a, a different direction kind of how you threw me you know a curveball at me i'm gonna throw one at you <laughs> i like it you know don't you think the people of orlando deserve better quality and and obviously the answer to that is yes and so here's where i'm going with that 
you know, I grew up in the in, in Los Angeles. I went to University of Arizona. I lived in Las Vegas. Uh, we've we we have a house in New York. Elise grew up in New York. We've when we were dating, she lived in Brooklyn. You know, we've seen a lot of different cities, and I think that if we just stay where we are at the wages that we are, then affordable housing means X. So if you're only making thirty thousand sure. dollars a year and you can only afford a hundred and eighty or two hundred and $20,000 house in this urban edge community and it's an existing property or there's a property that's not been developed because it can't sell for more. Living I think wages, that, living wages are yeah. a huge, huge part of, yeah. That, yeah, of that equation. You can't have one without the and other. And I think that's how you bring the quality to people of Orlando is you increase what they can afford. So the affordability number changes. All right. Right. Um, so I, I like that. To Pilates' question and go back to the core, let's talk about uh, how do you stay motivated, man? Like, <laughs> you well, have so, you're doing so much. We've just, like, this is the tip of the iceberg of the projects that you guys are doing. Uh, Milk District, you've got Hourglass District, you're collecting, you know, you're collecting and producing and harvesting from these amazing uh, developments that you're creating. But then there's other things that you're doing with national real estate too. It's residential, like you were talking about. So how sure. do you? So like right now, for example, national real estate is building a 25 acre subdivision, 52 houses. Um, we're doing 80 houses that we're building right now, uh, infill in communities out in the Deltona area. Um, we manage near a thousand houses in the Orlando and Volusia County area. Um, we have a brokerage with uh, about 40, 50 agents that do traditional real estate. Um, we have an office in Las Vegas um, that also um, manages a couple hundred houses out there and has a, a couple of agents as well. Um, Busy beavers. So how we, do you get up every day and you're like, how can I tackle all well, this? Well, for one, with all those things, you have to kind of get up, right? There's a lot of people <laughs> counting on you. But it, I think I want to answer that like this. You know, one of the things I've always believed in is uh, you got to ask yourself, you got to self-reflect a lot. Who are you and who do you want to be? Um, and if and I used to actually do this when I was 19, 20 years old. I used to, um, I printed out probably 25 copies of a piece of paper that said, who do you want to be? And I put it on every mirror and every door in my house. And I just kept asking myself that question. And I think that that's the tough part for people is they don't really know who they are in the moment. And they're trying to search for that. And um, once you've figured out who you are, then I think that you can figure out who do you want to be. And if, if at that point you know who you want to be, then it's just a matter of being focused, having some priorities, and um, then knowing you know, why do you want to be those things and, 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 and who's a part of that, who you who you doing that for. So what are you, what are you grateful for and, and what do you want to achieve? So Giovanni, can you apply that then to your uh, quest in becoming your own like small scale developer? How does that how does that work? How can people get into that? Because there's a lot of people who follow us who want to make an impact on community and they want to see community thrive. And I uh, repeatedly say on all of our platforms, one of the best ways that you can do that is to become a small scale developer. And you're not and like vote, vote with your money, 
vote with your purchasing power and changing your community yourself. Yeah. So how do you think people can get into that? And I, I think it's, it's, it's a perfect answer how somebody gets into that, you know, asking themselves, you know, who, who are they now, right? Like, what, what are their qualities? What are things that they, that they like? What are things that they're willing to do willing and not willing to do? And, and then who do they want to be? Like, how do they want to affect change? Like, what is their focus? What's important to them to change? And, and then how do you go about doing that? Um, I think that anything you do, uh, I've had many, many people who want to be mentored or who want to be an intern or um, want to learn. And um, uh, I spent actually the last three years teaching about 50 different people who were in real estate that wanted to grow and, and change their real estate career. Um, I'd spent every Wednesday for an hour kind of coaching them on business and in life. Uh, it took me about two years before I even talked about real estate, really. I was just talking about who they are as a person. And I think that um, you have to be willing to um, take it on the chin and get beat up for at least two, three years in anything you want to do and be that committed um, and make that many mistakes before you're going to see some success. And whoever can last in those first couple of years of not seeing success um, and, 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 and the be best way to do that and lasting is to manage your expectations, to know that you will not see any real success that you can measure for that amount of time. And that way you won't be discouraged when you're going through that process, um, kind of almost accepting it as part of uh, your growth. So wise, Giovanni. Good job. Good job. I'm applauding you in my oh. heart. Uh, or <laughs> I'm having a heart attack. So with that, we're running out of time. Give us a couple pearls. What do people need to know about you? What's like one thing you want people to know about you and your intentions behind these projects? And then one thing that they should know on the horizon uh, for something that you're really excited about that's coming. I think what uh, people absolutely need to know about myself and my family and my wife is that we are you know, the, the, the true definition of a family. Um, we own the Hourglass District and the buildings in the Milk District and our, our business. It's myself, my wife, um, my kids, and we're very honest people. We're very transparent. Um, we're not the people that you need to shy away from or be embarrassed to go up to or talk to. And um, I'll share, I'm a very open person. Ask me the question, I have zero to ever hide. Um, I want people to know what my intentions are because I know my intentions are good. And the way that we've built the Hourglass District and the way that we've moved the old tenants out of here and worked with the community, I wanted to be able to walk down these streets with my kids and Elise 20 years from now and know that we did it the right way and know that we did it in an honest way. Um, and so I want people to know that we were people just like them. You know, we're, we're all human. Um, it does, you know, sting a little bit when people judge us. And, um, but I don't think that's happened a lot. You know, I think that it actually has lifted us up quite a bit by hearing all the support. Um, it's really made us proud of what we've done. It just keeps us going. You asked me what motivates us, and I think that's a big part of it. Um, and then, you know, what I think people can expect um, to see here in the future is a completed project, right? I think what, what people want to see is, hey, when is this Hourglass District, you know, really going to be complete here? Um, and I think that when I say completed, probably completion of phase one, which would be this entire block here between... Retail. Uh, yeah, all the retail, yeah. the, all the commercial, all the restaurant. And um, I think the other thing that I think that we should jump in and throw here is that, you know, we want to work with um, other pieces of community. 
Um, we're happy to work with the other main streets, um, you know, as part of the city. We're happy to work with the county since we are in the county stretch. A lot of people don't know that, that our block is not actually in the city. We are actually in the county, so we're not really part of a, a city program per se. I like to um, delete this whole thing. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> You're good. So, you know, I think that um, overall uh, people can expect to see um, a, a good finished product that's um, been well thought out. Giovanni, thanks so much for uh, sitting with me. Cool. Thanks.